Welcome to the Boss Chick Podcast hosted by Kimmy Jane. Mary, welcome to the Boss Chick Podcast. Thank you so much for being a guest. I'm very excited to have you. My pleasure, Kimmy. <laughs> um, so I thought we'd start maybe by just having a chat about um, I guess COVID, it's, you know, mm-hmm. the elephant in the room. Yeah. Um, has COVID affected, you know, your family at all and is everyone okay and how's that sort of yeah. going? Look, everyone's okay, which is great, but it has affected my family because I have um, one daughter in Melbourne with a small family, young family, and of course I haven't seen them. In, and in the meantime, her youngest baby has become a little boy. He's gone from being in a pusher to riding a scooter and <laughs> being a, a child instead of a baby. And that's been sad to miss him. And also I have another daughter in Dubai who um, I haven't seen for ages, well, since Christmas virtually, and um, they can't get out here at the moment, which is sad. They might be able to, but we don't know. It's all up in the air. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, and they might be coming back, but they don't know how, and it's all very messy for them. They've been away 11 years, so long time. I guess they're used to living in yeah, Dubai. Yeah, very used to it's living in Dubai. quite an exotic place to live. Very, yeah, it's very. I think it's going to be quite a challenge <laughs> to come back here. Have you ever visited Dubai? Mm, oh yes, I used to go quite a bit, which was fun. Really? Yeah. Well, she, my daughter worked in an airline, um, in Etihad Airlines, and um, she was quite high up, and so I used to get good rates, which was terrific. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. And so I used to go quite a lot with her wow. sponsorship, and it was fantastic. I loved it. Oh my really goodness, great. Yeah. I'd love to visit one day. It's, what what mm. was the most um, interesting thing about that country? Well, a different culture really, mm. you know, seeing people in their black outfits and the ladies with their, their you know, eyes and their mouth, faces covered up and, well, just the difference in the culture to our culture, which mm. is so free, although they, have a, they seem to have a pretty enjoyable life and um, their government... And guarantees them all jobs and houses, wow. and it's a very, um, very sort of um, progressive. Yeah, well, sort of not really progressive, but um, a very patri- well, very beneficial culture to the people who live there. And they're um, the founding fathers of the UAE, the United Arab Emirates, were quite, quite sort of um, uh, advanced thinking in their in their sort of way of looking after their own people and bringing in lots of outside. Influences to help their country grow. So yeah, it's quite different from Saudi, I think, and other places. It's quite, quite progressive, really. Yeah. Although there's obviously things that you don't know about. And yes, <laughs> so, <laughs> like with every country, I suppose. Mm, yeah, I guess wow. so. Well, I hope that hopefully um, your family will be able to come back and visit you or you'll yeah, be able to visit them soon. Yeah, I hope so. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, definitely. Mm, yeah. Um, so just to get like an idea about um, you for the listeners, mm-hmm. um, could you tell me a little bit about where you grew up? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I grew up not far from here. I grew up in <laughs> Launceston, the north of the state, went to school there, and then um, you know, I had a fairly normal um, upbringing, really, fairly sort of suburban upbringing. Um, and I, I met my husband-to-be when I was quite young, 14, at school, and he was at university. He was four years older than me. He was at university. So I just thought, oh, and I came down to a few balls when I was young, and I thought, oh, this is the life. <laughs> <laughs> so all I cared about was getting to Hobart to uni, and I had no real career ambitions. I just knew that I wanted to get into a 
just to get into that life, it just seemed such fun and interesting and um, expanding horizons and all of that. So wow. I came down here when I was 17 and mm-hmm. went to Jane Franklin Hall, which was a female college. Yes. And that was great fun in those days. It was a lot of fun. It was a very innocent sort of life. There were no, no, it was a single sex college. So it was sort of a bit like going to boarding school. But mm. for me, it was great because I was away from home. <laughs> <laughs> were you able to sneak out from the, uh, I guess, boarding school to see your boyfriend? Husband well, now? <laughs> yes, yes, you could. You had to have these leave passes, late passes. And the other girls would be there as kind of monitors and they'd check you in and that. So you could go out, but and you know you could break it and stuff, but um, generally you didn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were lots of stories of guys climbing up the ivy and all this sort of <laughs> stuff went on. And uh, yeah. and I, when I first got there, I think I was leading a, deputa- a deputation to the principal to have a, a later late pass to go to the pharmacy ball instead of ten o'clock. We wanted one o'clock. That was a big deal in those days. Wow. <laughs> yeah, but no, I had a I had a lovely time. I was very scary. lucky. Yeah. yeah, so you really enjoyed, yes, I university did. and I did. school and everything. I did. Look, it was a really um, a wonderful time and there wasn't any pressure. There were plenty of jobs, you know, you could pick and choose. And if you didn't want this one, if you didn't want to go to the country as a teacher, you could not do it and go do something else. There were plenty of jobs and, and um, the study was interesting. It didn't, wasn't very pressured. Um, it was just... Um, it wasn't so vocational. You didn't have to think all the time about what job am I going to do, and you really could get a broad education in those days. Wonderful. And it, it was wonderful. fun. Spent a lot of time in the ref discussing you know, current affairs, the Vietnam War, the pros and the cons, and going in marches. And it was a very, um, it was a very sort of um, in, enlivening, um, flowering time. It was Gough Whitlam was. Is in power and they made universities free at that time and all that sort of stuff. It was a good era, really. So Sounds I was lucky. <laughs> I was lucky. Yes. Mm, I mean, if lucky. education is, you know, definitely yeah, a blessing. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. And what yeah. were you studying at uni? I did arts. You I did arts? I did arts, yes. I just did uh, history, economics, English and um, e- uh, history, English, economics and I can't remember what the other one was, politi- political science. And, I mean... I just really enjoyed the things that I did. I didn't didn't do anything because I had to. I just really enjoyed it. And we had some wonderful lecturers. There was a guy called Professor James Macaulay, who was um, an English uh, celebrated um, poet, Australia wide, and he used to come in and lecture to us and, um, about you know current English literature. And he was such a marvelous um, presence. That you felt quite honoured to be in his presence. You know, he talk about um, Paradise Lost and Paradise Regained, John Milton, and it was another world, and it was it was really amazing. But you know, I wasn't particularly academic. I just liked the being in that environment, and so just felt very lucky. Really, yeah. didn't really feel I was that lucky at the time. But <laughs> looking back <laughs> looking on back it, though. yeah, looking back on it, I realise how different it is for the young people today who mm. have to really work hard and get the grades and mm. you know, aim for a particular uh, vocation or job and may not get it because there's so much competition and, oh, just yeah. such a different world. 
Well, it sounds like you had a really enjoyable education experience. Mm, I did. Um, did you find that after university there were opportunities for employment for you? There were, but um, I had thought that I'd go and be a buyer in, in fashion. That's just what I thought I'd really? do. Really? Yeah. Can you that tell us a bit more about that? <laughs> yeah, well, I was a bit, I was interested in that. I just thought oh, that'd be really cool. And I went to work there in my holidays as a holiday job when I graduated. Um, I didn't have a job there. I was just, I just was a holiday employee. But I found it a pretty interesting experience. <laughs> Not. <laughs> um, probably can't go into the reasons why. But in those days, they had each department, um, there was a buyer who was in charge of that department, the, the buying and the pro- and profitability and all of that. And... Mm, it was um, quite interesting, the influences that came to bear upon the buyers, how they got a lot of their business, and it was not for me. I decided that um, it wasn't for me, and so I didn't know what I'd do, and so I applied for a scholarship to do my dip ed, and I went away on a holiday, and I got off the plane. My mum handed me this thing saying, here, you've got this scholarship. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I just did my dip ed without really a lot of thought, I have to say. Mm-hmm. But, um, but you know, I, I did my debate and then I got married and then I started teaching and I did enjoy it, but I was probably only four years older than some of the people I was teaching and, I'd, and, um, I also, and, and it was a bit of a culture shock to go from this easy university life to, you know, hard yards of the school, secondary school, which was quite a tough school that I was at. Mm. And then um, a few years later... My husband got a scholarship to go to England to study at a polytechnic there. He was into, into um, IT, so I went with him, and I thought, hmm, what will I do when I'm over here? I hadn't thought. I just walked into this, saw this ad, and thought, oh, I'll do that. And it was in a library in um, sort of like our, um, our, um, our advanced colleges, which we did have. And so I just got a job in the library then and thought, this is great. And so, and I was reading all these books. I was cataloguing in the library. I had never done it before. And I was reading all these books, you know, Germaine Greer and all these things that I didn't know about. And so that was another world too, doing that. So um, I came back and I studied librarianship then. Wow. Yeah, which was good. I really enjoyed that. Yes. But I think after a while I missed the cut and thrust of being in the education system. So I went back. And I was working in a thing called the Media Centre, which was uh, educational resources and and schools and helping schools maximise their learning resources. And so I did that for a while. And then I had a baby. And <laughs> so, you know, life has just, wow. it, life yeah. has just kind of um, happened. Yes. I haven't planned everything. It's just things happen. And so I had this baby and the head of the, what was called then, it wasn't called HR then it was called personnel and she was quite a strict lady elderly lady and she wrote to me and said that if I didn't come back within six weeks of my baby being born then I wouldn't have my job anymore and so I thought oh, I won't be doing that so I left and um, I didn't do anything for a while but then I didn't ever go back to teaching and education because went on did other things but it wasn't planned <laughs> So yeah, wow. it's, it sounds amazing how you um, you know you followed your husband and you went to England and you found mm. yourself your own um, you know career there and mm. you've done all of these things. 
Were you ever um, nervous? Or just listening to how it sounds like you so seamlessly went from you know strength to strength. Did you ever feel nervous going to England or trying all these new things? Uh, look, I yeah, I was I was apprehensive about going overseas because I'd never been overseas before, and and it was quite a, an unknown experience. Whereas now, you know, people go overseas when they're children with their families, and but I had never done that, so it was fairly fairly interesting and and. But because I had my husband there, it wasn't as if I was on my own. And That's true. Um, yeah, I had an interesting time getting there. We had a blackout at Singapore Airport when we arrived, and we didn't know it was just a power blackout. We thought um, because there was a um, miners' strike in London and all sorts of things were happening, and we just thought, oh, when we landed, oh my God, the whole world's in darkness because we didn't know what was going on internationally, but it was just a power blackout at the airport. But it was a pretty interesting experience because we didn't know how to get back on the plane. There were no PA announcements. It was very interesting. It sounds like a shambles. It was a shambles, yes. And it wasn't until we got back on the plane by some miracle that we read in the paper that there'd been a power blackout in Singapore. And we just thought that's what it was like everywhere in the world. There was this terrible power blackout. And, oh, my goodness. Yeah, and you don't know where to go, and you're getting in front of in queue to get your passport stamped, and then suddenly say, I'll go to the other queue, and they'd have candles. And we thought, wow, this is what the world's like. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but, um, but, no, look, I, we sort of rolled along. Um, yeah, I wasn't nervous in those days. I mean, there would have been times, but... I don't remember being particularly stressed about things. I'm impressed with your confidence. No. <laughs> I need some of that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not really confidence. It's not really confidence. It's probably probably a lack of enough forethought about things <laughs> before they happen. Wow, that's so fascinating. Um, so look at this question. Sorry, Mary. Yeah, no, you are. Um, Did you want to talk a little bit about, um, I guess, after so you gave birth to your daughter mm-hmm. and then you didn't go back to teaching, mm-hmm. but then um, I had a look online oh, <laughs> and I saw that, um, yeah, you set up the Tasmanian mm-hmm. truck company. Yeah. What inspired you to do that? Um, well, I suppose my, my husband was in IT and it was a, a time when it was all very undeveloped. And I can just remember thinking, look, there'll be so many more people that want to come into the country rather than going out of the country. And I was um, very interested in, well, I love Tasmania and what Tasmania had to offer. And I just got into that whole world about destinational marketing and um, and the fact that there wasn't anything around um, was just Again, I kind of fell into it because I met a man who owned his own travel company, and he, but he was he was organising trips for people out, you know, to England and to Europe and, and wherever. And I remember saying to him, "Look, you know, there's this opportunity to bring people in because people weren't doing it much then." And uh, we set up this this online company, and uh, I did a book on accommodation. But unfortunately, we didn't really gel as a, as business partners for very long. Um, he, I don't know, he probably didn't have the passion for Tasmanian tourism that I did, and and uh, he, he, I don't know, he, I think he got sick and we parted company. You know, good friends, but mm. I, I stopped that after a couple of years, and uh, I can't remember what I did then, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, I read that you were the marketing. Um... Yeah. 
manager southern region yeah the southern yeah. region as well mm, so that's yeah. again marketing um so one of your strengths? Well, it was. It was, <laughs> but <clears throat> unfortunately, <laughs> that era has passed me by a bit because that was before... I mean, it was, we were doing online things. I did do the website for the for the, um, for the organisation. Well, not me. I had I worked with the guy yes. who was really great at doing things, the technical stuff. Wonderful. And, yeah, I did work with that. Sort of like um, what Nat's doing now, I suppose, mm. was the role that I had. And I loved that. Really loved it. Um, and I think I probably did it for about six years and then an opportunity came up. I saw an opportunity to go into um, selling tourism real estate and I thought, oh, that'll be interesting because I had always been interested in real estate and been doing bits and pieces. And wow. so, and because I knew so many of the people mm. and uh, I just thought, well, that was a great opportunity to... Because I've been there six or seven years and I was just thought well this is a bit like you something new to yes. do and um and i did that and i really loved that it was really good i enjoyed that and what kind of stuff would you sell so you say selling well i i um i started out first of all i worked for a company called resort brokers of, of australia and that was supposed to be selling um hotels and motels and all that but that's incredible i know but there weren't very many sales at that time in tasmania of those things um and so i only really lasted a year there i didn't do a fantastic job there but i learned a lot and then i got a job with roberts roberts real estate yes. and um i was selling then more things that were more in line with what were you know tasmanian sort of um tourism operations like b&b's the not the not so much the Airbnbs of today because they weren't around much then. It was, it was uh, guest houses and like bed and I did, breakfast. Yeah, bed and breakfast. Yeah, and I did sell a couple of hotels, um, but it was the smaller sort of um, organisations rather than the Grand Chancellor, <laughs> which I didn't do. But again, it was really interesting because you got right into the nitty gritty of tourism businesses and and what people were doing and mm. and had some sales, but. Then I ended up, um, my daughter by this stage was overseas and she was having twins. Oh, my goodness. So, mm, in Dubai, so in Abu Dhabi then. And so I took leave to go and help her and be with her. And That's then, kind of you. Well, it was also exciting to be over there and help her. And mm -hmm. um, then, unfortunately, when I came back, I'd been, I took a year's leave of absence but when I came back, um, I found that Roberts had been taken over by another company, oh. by Rural Co. And that meant that my job was there, but it wasn't the same. And um, the person that I'd been working for had started another company in real estate. And so I, a couple of us joined him and did that for a while. But that was residential real estate. And... I don't know, I just wasn't as keen on that. So, But, you know, I did that for a while. But in the meantime, I really had this and I was sort of focusing on that and travelling away to see my family. And so I didn't end up doing much more in the real estate area. But I did, I've always been interested. And, um, I mean, clearly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's yeah. A, it's a, it is an interesting thing to do. And it's a good thing for investment because, yes. you know, you sort of can't go wrong much. <laughs> With things, mm. if you invest, and and also if you happen to like, you know, decorating and um, 
making things nice, it's mm. it's a good thing to do. Definitely. Mm, yeah. yeah. I've got to say that um, Roxburgh House is absolutely stunning. Oh, great. Thank you, you for taking like me for a tour around before, by the yeah. way. It's really, it's every every apartment is really beautiful. Yeah, it's different. Every apartment's different. Yeah, mm. they, they all are. They all have their own really mm. lovely touch. Um, yeah. How long have you, um, I guess, owned and managed and run oh, Roxburgh House? Um, well, actually, I bought it in 2003, but I had been a part owner before. I can't remember when we first bought it. It was, it was my husband's um, partners, business partners, who owned the, the property next door, which yes. was in those days was the Apple shop and management technology. Oh. It was a computer shop. And, um, and then the, they sold it, they sold the, and they owned this as well, and they sold it. And I really wanted to buy it because I thought it would be fantastic to put it into these apartments. Mm. But they kind of said, oh, no, no, we're not going to sell it to you. And it was on the market. And I just saw it one day and thought, well, I am going to buy this because I know it will be lovely. And so I bought it through a friend who was a, a lawyer and she, she bid anonymously for it. So I was able to buy back my own share. I only had a very small share, like mm. a tenth or something. So I could buy back my own share and oh. the others and bought them out because the business wasn't going very well then because um, at that stage computers were becoming laptops instead of mainframes and, and you know, bigger things. And so the Harvey Normans of the world had come in and caused a lot of um, competition mm. and um, the guy who was the Apple, uh, the Apple guy... Steve Jobs, he left Apple and Apple went down. Only we'd kept the shares <laughs> we had. But, um, yeah, it was um, – I don't know what this prompted me to buy it. I just knew that I loved it and could do something with it. And you have. This place yeah. is stunning. It's beautiful. It is lovely, yeah. yeah. It is a lovely building and I do love it, I must say, which is probably – you're not meant to do that in investing, get your heart <laughs> into it. <laughs> I think it's good and it shows. I think every room – has a really, really lovely feel to it. Oh, and thank you. Yeah, yeah, especially the one that we got to or you lived mm. in. Mm. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Probably well, the nicest was, one. <laughs> it was very comfy. Yeah, definitely, very comfy. definitely. Yeah. Mm. Have you ever um, had any interesting guests um, stay here before or we oh. really go along with? Or? Oh, yes, I have. I have had interesting guests, um, people doing TV shows. Um, there was There was one that did – there was a show on um, called Guess Who Lived Guess who lived here before or something? Guess who lived next? Guess who lived here before or something? Oh yes. And that was about old, interesting places. They they didn't actually do a TV program on this place, but they they stayed here while they did that program. That was was good. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> was TV good. crew around. Yeah, yeah, no, that was good. And wow. uh, oh look, there've been lots of interesting people over the years, but um, mm. no one stands out particularly. Um, the last few years, I haven't really managed it um, hands-on. I've had managers do it because yes. I've been busy doing the thing next door. But um, I haven't had anyone because of COVID and consequently I haven't had many guests <laughs> because I haven't put my mind to it. But wow. that's got to change now that we're opening our borders. Yes, fingers crossed everything goes very smoothly. Yes, yes, that's right. I've got to do a lot more work to get that up and running now. I've got my safety plan, but I haven't actually put it into place yet. I've just got the hand sanitizers and so on, mm. but I haven't got the signage and, um, you know, I haven't got 
perhaps all the documentation right, but it's getting there. It's getting there. Yeah. It's the main thing. Because it is important. I mean, you definitely wouldn't want to have a problem in your accommodation. So Yeah, that's very true. Mm. Um, Maybe my last question then is for anyone who is interested in, you know, being a bit of an entrepreneur and, you know, starting their own business Mm. or following their passions, do you have any advice? Um, mm, tricky because I didn't ever really set out to do these things. They've just sort of, I've just suddenly had an idea and thought, oh, I'd like to do this. And um, <clears throat> so I suppose I think have some goals, really is nice to have some goals, but be flexible and open to what opportunities come along. That's been what's happened to me. I've had things just cap- happen. And if you're ready and able to, you take up those opportunities well that's that's helpful um and the other thing i suppose for me has been that i've always been a course junkie i've always been doing courses and really? um mm, not necessarily um ones that you get diplomas for and, and um, formal accreditation although i have done some of those um but I often go and do courses on that you see on the internet, a lot of them in investing and um, things like that, and they have been amazing over time. Can't say that I've been their best students and stuck to everything <laughs> that they say and been on all the all the um, Zoom sessions, but a lot of it's just rubbed off over the years and the inspiration of the people and the things that you see other people can do, and that gives you confidence that, yeah, you can do this. And, and the other thing I think is perseverance for me because um, I had really a hard time when I'd I'd been planning this for quite a long time and I had the finance approved, well not approved, I had the finance um, informally approved and then um, the, um, the, the Royal Commission into Banking came along and everything got turned upside down. There was, they just suddenly, it all cut off or my finance cut off they they suddenly got word from head office that they couldn't do any more in lending in investment and oh in goodness. Tasmania and so it took me a year to actually get finance and that was fairly daunting I have to say and yes. I didn't know if I'd ever get it and in the meantime I had an empty building and um, so that wasn't great and then I finally got it and we started the build in February and along came COVID in March, and so there went the rest of my income <laughs> um, and has been really shot for a while. But I think the thing is you just have to somehow or other get the internal fortitude to keep going. Mm. And, you know, I've been lucky and I've got some support from family and and some sort of support that I've had um, because I've got some property. And so I think the main thing is just to persevere don't lose sight of your goals but be flexible along the way mm-hmm. and and try and do lots of, of learning from other people who can give you a different perspective if i'd stayed in my own little world of my parents and my friends and family i wouldn't have done anything really and i think a lot of them think i'm crazy <laughs> why you bother and all this but i don't know why you just do so yeah it's it's, it's interesting too that's the mm-hmm. other thing it's always interesting. 
if nerve-wracking. <laughs> so, oh, Mary, mm. thank you so much for oh, sharing your know, stories. It's a pleasure. It's been a pleasure um, having mm. you on the podcast today. I think I could listen to you all afternoon, to oh, be honest. Not really. No, <laughs> definitely. I, actually, I really could. Thank you for having <laughs> me. I appreciate the opportunity. It's been lovely chatting to you. And hopefully um, you know, some of the things that... I've experienced might be of value to you and your listeners. I don't know. I'm sure they will. <laughs> 100%. So.